Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. So this is a guy who lives high on the hog and he has this Tammany Hall style attitude to power. And um, it is, it's the Chicago way. Absolutely. Look, the, the, the Chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago way. The Chicago way. That's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand, defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river, Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Well, we had Steve Huntley writing for the website John Cass News, and he's also um, now on the podcast, The Chicago Way. And I just think that there's so much weather, you know, stories about weather, <laughs> weather and the, the weather and the Western world, weather in the northern climes, weather, the little black, inky black cloud. And I don't mean inky and black in terms of race, okay? But it's a certain sadness that's enveloping Mayor Lori Lightfoot's campaign. She's the fourth candidate now. She's in fourth place, mm-hmm. according to the latest uh, polls. What does it all mean for everybody? What does it mean to you, Steve? Well, it sounds to me like, uh, you know, Chicagoans are not wearing blindfolds. They uh, wake up in the morning and look around and see what's going on in their city. And uh, it's alarming. And I'm uh, particularly thinking about uh, the crime situation, the uh, the rise in major crime reports as uh, uh, related regularly by uh, the excellent website CWB. I mean, uh, crime well, reports, I think, are up 41%. Last year, yeah, absolutely. Would, would, would there would this race be even farther apart if the if the what we call the legacy mainstream media covered crime the way CWB covers crime, basically simply, and you know who let what judge let what character off. I, that's certainly a reasonable question and a reasonable assumption that the answer is probably yes. But uh, yeah. even the crime that does get reported, I think, is pretty alarming. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, you don't need the newspapers to tell, tell report to you about crime when it's happening right around. Uh, you know, I, I take the, what's going on in Lincoln Park. I think most people would consider that's an affluent neighborhood. Probably one of the safest neighborhoods in uh, yeah. in uh, Chicago, one of the safest urban, urban neighborhoods anywhere in America. But what? Women, a woman walking her dog dog is wa- uh, robbed at gunpoint. Yes, for the dog. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's in- insane. And uh, Jeff Carlin lives in Andersonville, not 
generally thought of as the hotbed of street crime. No. Beautiful area. Beautiful last time. Beautiful area. Yeah. You know, it's a great area. And for a good place for lingonberries, you know, historically. Yes. But exactly. also, what is what is going on in Andersonville? What, in all these distri- districts, in every district in the city, uh, crime is up 40%. What does yeah. that tell us about Lori Lightfoot? Forget, you know, whether she's tough on crime or not tough. What does it tell us about her management style? Tells her there's not much real management skill there. I mean, uh, uh, public safety is the first priority of local government. If you don't have safe streets and safe neighborhoods, then your government is failing you. And uh, we can go through the excuses. I mean, she talks tough on crime, but but the results tell a different story. I mean, in the last debate, what she she even went uh, so far as to say, "Well, this crime thing is a perception problem." You know, it's it's really it's not the city. Well, of of course, my primary goal is to make sure that Chicago is the safest big city in the country, and we've made progress uh, year over year, uh, ending uh, down fourteen percent in homicides, 20 percent in shootings. But I recognize that people in the city don't feel safe. When I look around me, I guess no, it's not the city you see when you walk around surrounded by by uh, a number of police officers. I think, uh, uh, again, the statistics are since her since she came to power, police numbers are down in 21 and 22 police districts. The only place that I know of, and maybe you fellows are correct me here, the only place I know of where there's been an Increase in the police numbers and her personal security squad. Is that right? A <laughs> uh, hundred. I think there's a hundred members of uh, her her legion, Lord's Legion. I think conservatively, it's placed at seventy, but yes, it's an inordinate amount of people. But who... I mean, it's no wonder she doesn't see the same city uh, that other that others uh, see. I mean, it's a similar situation. Biden goes with the border. To to El Paso to see what's going on, and they go down. They clean up the streets. They get all the illegal <laughs> aliens off the street, and you sit down there. Oh, we got this situation under control. Sanitize it. And then marches, marches to her loop office at City Hall, or or wanders down uh, 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 Michigan Avenue with her bodyguards and said, "Oh, everything's fine here. What's this? What's this crime problem I hear so much about?" <laughs> right? But people don't like that, and after a while, they get tired of it. Yes, I think she's caught between, like many liberal Democrats running cities, she's caught between the the super hard left, like as in here would be represented by Brandon Johnson right. and his patron, um, who's running. He's running for mayor, and his patron Tony Preckwinkle and. Um, you don't Kim think she represents the the far left, John? I mean, isn't he a uh, self-proclaimed democratic socialist. He's another one, but but either either yeah, the fact is that both Johnson and Chewy are consuming, and then the actor who's truly responsible for both of them is uh, Tony Preckwinkle. Sure. Yet she has yet to be mentioned in these debates, yeah. and uh, and uh, so it's ignored and it's known and it's coming and it's, it's suppressive i mean repressive and it's it's non-stopping and everybody knows it and the people of chicago know it and they, the voters know it and they're tired 
Well, you, you've hit the nose. How will the voters react in February and April? Who will mm. they pick? I mean, uh, you look among the candidates, and I think we can all agree that uh, Paul Vallis is the one with the credible public safety background and credentials to deliver on them, the commitment to deliver on them. And uh, the question mm. comes to me, comes back to the voters. What do they want? Exactly, Steve. What do they want? Because Paul Vallis, I mean, I, we've all known him for years. He's not necessarily, he's not the most reactionary figure, you know? Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not, uh, he's not like Dan Proft on a horse <laughs> riding, you know, riding <laughs> across the Chicago metro area. I think you Dan's know, more of a biker, a, John. <laughs> <laughs> he's more, Paul's a, Paul's a, like a, basically a progressive. Yes. Now they're going to gear up their attack machine because you see Lori Lightfoot's flailing, yeah, and they'll push that. And none of the none of the media will question. Hey, with all this going on, why aren't you ever daring to mention Tony Preckwinkle and Kim Fox and Tim Evans? No, no one wants to mention them. No one wants to deal with it, mm-hmm. and and they just get problem after problem. That's where I stand because I'm I'm in Indiana. I'm a happy happy uh, <laughs> yeah. re- resident of Indiana now, but I mourn all the people of Illinois who have to stay here and deal with this crap. And in the mayor's yeah. own words, I mean, Steve, you mentioned it earlier it's it's a you know a perception problem for for her specifically. <laughs> but but look at what's going on around the country right now. I mean, as we were recording this, we're we're looking at the the crazy Antifa stuff going on in Georgia and. And you've got to believe that people see that stuff and think, well, what that's reminding them of what happened here. I mean, now would be a clutch time for someone like a Paul Vallis to be like, look, I'm a crisis manager. Like, that's what I'm really good at. I'm good at, at jumping in and making things run smoothly. I mean, this is what Paul would tell you. Uh, you know, I, if I wouldn't, wouldn't let this happen, you know, and this is a prime time example of what happens when you kind of let a city kind of run itself into a, a tailspin trying to chase every little you know, subsect of the of the population's issues, whether whatever it is, and being super progressive. So, I think that might be a wake up to some of the voters and 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 at least push that perception. Because you know, Chewy Garcia, I'm sure, is probably rooting on the Antifa guys. I don't know if they're rooting on the Antifa guys. Mm-hmm. They come from the same place, the hard hard left, the defund the police, hard left, anti police group. And you you get either one of these people. You think the the status quo will improve in the city of Chicago? The only way to do it is to basically have cultural war and say, we're going to try to save the city. Now, they're just on the verge of beginning to save it with these poll results. But as Steve says, what kind of city do they want? They, They don't even care. They've given up the means of, Self of identifying the problem because they've given up the media that Steve and I were part of for so long. Mm. And uh, now they don't, they don't even know how to, I don't know, nail the problem down. Well, do I sound like a guy who's been in the hospital for a couple of weeks? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, there's some cautionary tales. I think, you know, uh, the situation went as bad then, but uh, Kim Box got reelected even after that uh, Jesse Smollett fiasco. And uh, 
uh, we just saw an election last year where all of us were pretty confident of a red wave, and it didn't yeah. happen. Uh, right. R- r- w- we voters looked at crime, they looked at inflation, they looked at the sorry situation abroad, and uh, the Democrats came damn near to keeping control of uh, of all the Congress. No. So, uh, you know, voters don't always vote the way we think it's logical for them to vote. Sure, or in their best interest. <laughs> yeah. So, well, maybe the best, their best interests are not mine. Maybe well, their they, best interests. They don't probably realize uh, what their best interests are. They're they're ignorant to what actually is their best interests. You know, it's it's like the. I, I mean, there was a story earlier. What was it? An op-ed or something ran this week in the New York Times about a a woman who you know, raised her kids in China, and she said that oh, that the Communist Party was the best co-parent I've ever had. <laughs> you know, it's that some people don't realize. Some people think, oh wow, that's a great idea. Like they think that's a better alternative when they don't realize the forest for the trees. So <laughs> who knows? Well, we don't know how many voters actually buy into the uh, progressive uh, assertion that uh, crime, you know, is a social problem and criminals are are victims. I mean, uh, how can you explain uh, uh, Garcia's numbers or or Mm. Brandon's numbers uh, without taking into consideration that... uh, segment of the uh, voting public believes that as well. The perception is reality, right? And that's probably the yeah. reality we live yeah. in. I mean, eventually enough of them will get mugged or robbed or have friends get mugged or robbed and uh, reality will come around that uh, the police force is the uh, first line against an- anarchy and chaos. And without an effective police force, you don't have a uh, safe society. Yeah, please see Seattle, please see Atlanta, yes. please see. Yes. But we're, we've all left. The problem, gentlemen, is that the people, you're, you're expecting uh, people will turn on some sort of news story or reality or something that says enough is enough, and we're not going to take it anymore. We remember what it was like when uh, we had decent neighborhoods in this town, black, white, and brown. But the fact is that their points of reference have been torn apart. Their the teaching, the nature of what they're being taught has been altered to the point where they don't even recognize themselves in their own stories. And what is the result? Um, chaos. Yeah, I don't see it. In t- I don't see it. Um, I mean, I, I guess it's um, it's a depressing w- way of looking at it. I don't want to look at it depressing. I want I want there to be hope. But um, you know, I, I've just been coming out. I just come out of the emergency room, as to speak, so to speak. You know, a double, uh, what is it, a quadruple coronary bypass, kind of tends to give you this freedom where you don't even you don't care anymore. With do people really are they going to be upset with me, or we're going to have a few few Karens upset with John Cass? Oh, how dare you say something that Tony Breckley doesn't like? Well, I've been, you know what I mean? I've been to that other side now, and I see what's, what's facing the people who are left. And we're all, those of us who are in, in, for example, those of us who have moved to St. John, Indiana, don't give two figs anymore. 
except yeah. for nostalgia's sake. Those who have left and gone to Tennessee, just remember what it, what the pizza was like in <laughs> Chicago. You know, it's not the the feeling of that we had of the neighborhoods and Jeff and Steve and John had when we rode on a daily basis, um, trying to and 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 love of the intricate intricate design of the city. All that has gone away now. Yeah. Yeah, that's all true. I I don't know. I you know, I lived there for most of forty years and uh I lived there through the previous bad time, uh seventies, eighties, early nineties when things got pretty grim and right. uh came back. And uh it was a, it was almost miraculous to see uh the change in the city, the way you could walk around day and night, go any any place around the loop, and all, all that uh, uh, shopping and dining out, museums. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, feeling of safety as you did all that. I'm like you know, I I, I got to, came to Chicago in 1969. Uh, you know, a rube from the South. Uh, <laughs> uh, never lived in. A, I lived in Atlanta, but Atlanta was nothing like Chicago when I came to it. I remember the first time I walked into the loops, all those lights, the movie palaces. Uh, there was still a big supermarket downtown. I think it was Stop and Shop. It was called. Yeah, yeah. It was just the most wonderful, wonderful place. And then in a matter of years, you go down the loop and see a see a guy going, you know, taking. Going to the bathroom right there at, at uh, State and Lake, yeah. and uh, the movie palaces it all turned into uh, you know, porno houses or houses at uh, violent uh, exploitation movies, and and uh, you didn't feel safe. What so happens? I, I mean, there's a lot of good bones under this structure. So I mean, I, I hope uh, a Paul Vallis or a yes. even, obviously if if a Chewy or or Brandon Johnson or whoever, I, I mean, I, I hope that they can get us at least to a point where we can appreciate that stuff again and, and really... Been done before, that's the thing about it. It's been done before. Right. Chicago scrapes the bottom and, uh, you know, give credit where credit's due. Uh, Richard M. Daly and, uh, and people he got around him that... Uh, Provided the governance, the business, the business people that were interested in seeing uh, a revival, uh, the kind of city that uh, provides for a successful economy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, your McDon- your McDonald's and your United Uniteds of the world that were yes, exactly right. Put a, set up shop yeah. here, even though it's dismal. The fact is that there are people that still love the city and will fight for it. Yes. The question is. Are there enough of them to fight for it? And are the institutions what they were? Because when Steve is talking about uh, all the changes that went, we went through in the late 60s and early 70s and on the way to uh, Daly and the R- Richard M. Daly and the so-called revival of the city, the institutions of the city were strong still. Yes, they, they weren't as cynical as they are now. And uh, they are cl- completely, thoroughly cynical. And uh, all that has to change, too. So 
Yes. When you think of if Paul Bellis can do something there on either and any of these levels, uh, too much for me. But yes, if he could do something, he would. He would uh, be owed a great debt of gratitude. Yes, I agree, and I, you know, it would be nice to say, well, you could see other people amongst those nines who could uh, have that same potential, but I certainly don't. And uh, Steve Huntley is not editing or publishing his own newspaper, is he? No. <laughs> and what we need, what we need is, what we need is like the publishers of whatever news. You know, right now the news business is WBEZ. WBEZ's done times. Yeah. Give me a break. I mean, come on, grow up, people. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, you know, well, you know, you, you talk about the business thing, and it made me think of something else I've been reading in the papers up there about, uh, you know, about what are they going to do with the board, Chicago Board of Trade building, turn it yeah. into condos. You know, that, that was once the vital economic center of the city. But uh, the Internet has changed all of that. You know, you don't need those trading floors anymore. You don't need those uh, entrepreneurs and uh, business types uh, rushing down to South Street every morning to uh, uh, trade and buy and sell and create economic activity and 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 the uh, you know the, the businesses that support them. That's that's yeah. gone. The, the the great delis of the world are you know have no, yeah. no one to serve. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that heartbeat, that heart of the city's not there anymore. It's going to be a condo, right? Yeah. Or the trade. And, and we all three of us know men, men who, and women who are part of the Board of Trade, one of the great institutions yeah. of the city of Chicago, because you had not only a laboratory of, of um, capitalism, but you also had a place where they met every day to reinforce the institution itself. Yes. And uh, that has all been broken apart by cynical left wingers. As you said, John, well, you know, are there the numbers still here to to make change? And we'll find out. Um, I think they the- are. I think they are. There are numbers still here that could elect Paul Bell as mayor. And uh, part of it is for people to, if you like what, if you like what, uh, Brendan Johnson and Tony Preckwinkle and Kim Fox, if they're what they're bringing to you, along with Chewy Garcia, who's become something of a cartoon, or Lori Lightfoot, if you like what they're doing, then keep your mouth shut. But the but uh, perhaps you want to fight for your city, and you'd say when someone would say something outlandish, you might say, "Hell no, I don't know, I don't like that." I want our schools to work. I want our schools to be safe. You might want to say that once in a while out loud instead of being so terrified that maybe someone won't like you if you express opinions that are sort of what we used to call middle of the road opinions. (laughs) Middle of the road, yes. It's hard to believe. Just a few years ago, middle of the road, I mean, Today it's racist and right? Yeah. The, the demagogues would rather destroy the city than uh, keep it. And the, the, the job, I think, 
of the citizens of Chicago, the ones who want to fight for their city, is fight for your city. Fight for your city and tell them to piss off. And to those who think, you know, being progressive is the only thing that matters or, you know, measuring your yardstick by your progression or whatever, you know, you can't be progressive. You can't move forward without a bedrock to, to move forward with and on and, and institutions that can function, you know, progress is great, exactly. but, you know, going backwards or just staying in place and collapsing is not. So let's, uh, let's all start pulling on the rope same way. 100%. Well said. Well said. On that note, we can probably bring it home. But before we go, John, you know, I know you're uh, don't sound like yourself because you're on the phone, but that's only because you are at uh, the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab. Yeah. Okay. Listen, everybody. You know, I was just so excited that after all this stuff that I've gone through, there was a guy named Steve Huntley who would accurately write and quickly and like a pro's pro, and he is a piece on Lori Lightfoot after all the stuff that w- that went on this last week in the mayoral race. And I was excited about that. And maybe next time we get together, I'll give you the inside scoop on what's happening here with me. Yes. I'm at the, uh, I'm at Shirley Ryan yes, with the sure. best, the best, best people around, best uh, therapists, Great. equipment. Great. What they basically did was they, they they gave me a quadruple bypass, and uh, and now now it's the point where I can't really move. Yes, I can't even move. My, here's something. Oh, hi, honey. Guess guess who came in? Betty, you know Betty's been Betty. Hi, baby. Betty's been uh, busy with uh, Steve and all our friends at the and Jeff and all our friends at the website. Trying to get stuff together to get these, these things moving. And she's taking care of me. And she's kind of dealing with not really complaining about my beard, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Betty's a you, saint, what? earning her wings. Yeah. Yes. St. Betty, St. Betty, do you like the beard? You have to speak in the microphone. The beard is still on there. She doesn't like it, but I don't. I don't care. I'm <laughs> for me and for Jeff and for Betty and for Steve, Steve and yeah. everybody, I want to say I love y'all and thanks a lot. All right, everybody. So I've had about as, as, not, as much as I can take now. I'm going to crawl back into bed. Okay, everybody. take care. Keep recovering, and we'll talk again soon, John. Yes, take care. All right, guys. Take care. Adios. Bye bye.